Welcome to Adulting Therapists, a podcast where two Portland therapist friends discuss what it's like to be a therapist, what we do to take care of ourselves, and meet with special guests to talk about mental health issues, stigma, and more. I'm Emily. And I'm Corey. And we're Adulting Adulting Therapists. Okay, I started. Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Corey. Hey, Emily. (laughs) Okay, so I'm sure that you guys can tell by now that the clarity of our voices... Superior. ...is far superior. Uh, We have upgraded our tech. Yeah, it's uh, pretty fantastic. It's... I feel weird, though. I feel really distant from you. There's, like, stuff in the way. (laughs) Yeah, there's like windscreens in between our faces now. I wonder how well the LaCroix sound is going to be picked up by this. Here, let me... Can you hear it fizzle? Here, it's stereo. Look, two. (laughs) Can you hear that gentle fizzling? (laughs) (laughs) If it can pick up that, I think that we should just have a podcast that's just LaCroix. I think people would be into that, maybe even more than this. (laughs) Yeah. Did I tell you? Oh my gosh, I was listening to another podcast and there was a legitimate LaCroix. You did. You did. Oh my God. I was like, we need this ad. Maybe we should just fake it. LaCroix, (laughs) hit us up. Oh yeah, we could fake it and then we could tell them how good we are at LaCroix ads. So, like, I have got this really amazingly naturally essenced key lime sparkling water. (laughs) It tastes like how pie thinks. I've got this, uh, a tangerine that's ah. naturally essence, and it, it feels like someone ate a tangerine and then sneezed into my water. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> like in a pleasant way, yeah. you know? Yeah. No problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It tastes like someone thought about having pie, but then didn't. True. So, True. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fan of the key lime flavor. I like it in proportion. I really only like having it at your house. I bought it at my house, and then I was like, mm, it's really only special when I have it at your house. <laughs> I feel like it tastes like uh, like um, green Skittle has been placed in it. <laughs> it's just dissolved. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just one green Skittle yeah. that dissolves per can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, how they get the natural flavor. That I mean, <laughs> joke's on you. I love Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> I stick to my tangerine and my pomplemousse. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got like actual stuff to talk about today. Do we? Yeah, we're real therapists. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so today we are going to talk about um, how we, we've talked a lot about like Instagram and, and technology and stuff like that. We're going to talk about it a little bit differently today in the context of safety behaviors and avoidance behaviors. So for anyone who doesn't really know what a safety behavior or avoidance behavior is, um, these are the things that we do to avoid either avoid feeling anxious or things that we do when we can't avoid feeling anxious and we're just trying to get through it. So, AKA, these are the things that Corey's like, Emily, stop doing that. It's a safety (laughs) behavior. As I continue to do it myself. Emily, you're avoiding. (laughs) As I'm like, hold on. Let me check my dog's Instagram and then my Instagram and then my personal Instagram and then. (laughs) Oh, man, that's the worst. Yeah. Call me out like this. (laughs) I'm calling myself out, too. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, safety (laughs) behaviors are the things that we do when we can't avoid our anxiety. So if you hate riding the bus, 
what do you do if you can't avoid riding the bus? Oh my God. I just sit there on my phone. I'm yeah. like, let me distract myself with a game. Let me do this. Oh, yeah. Let me do that. Anything to avoid actually paying attention to the fact that I'm sitting on a bus. I have like three safety behaviors on a bus. What One, are they? Headphones engaged. <laughs> Music is so loud that I'm pretty sure everyone else around me can hear it. Okay. Like hurting my ears loud. Two, there is some sort of screen thing happening. Interactive screen, right? Mm-hmm. Like a game or Instagram. And then three is my patented, um, it's called my transportation face. <laughs> and it's where I look <laughs> so miserable that no one has any inkling ever to talk at me or look at me or really notice me in any way. Transportation yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my all of the time face. Yeah. I perfected this when I lived in New York City. And uh, when did you live in New York <laughs> City? What is all this information that you've been like holding out from me? <laughs> um, I went to New York to go to college. Oh. For like a year and a half. And then I was like, I miss being a Hoosier. I'm going to go God. hang out with the corn. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, during that time, I really realized how much I disliked uh, public transportation. I always did. It always, always made me feel really anxious. So when I was younger and I would have to take the bus to school, I would get up and take the super, super, super early bus that no one was on because I didn't like being squished in the bus. And then if I couldn't take the early bus, I would convince my dad to drive me on his way to work, um, which he was very nice about, but he secretly hated because I always made him late for work. So in the context of safety and avoidance behaviors, your safety behaviors were? My safety behaviors. Well, I hadn't gotten to it yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So on the bus in the, well, safety behavior. Because I was going to say your dad driving you to school, that would be, be avoidance. your avoidance yeah. behavior. Um, my safety behavior on the bus was my disc man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I would think I was listening to like, I had maybe like one dispatch CD that I just listened to over and over and over again. And also Guster. Oh my God. Um, Dispatch. Why am I like remembering that band, but not remembering why they were relevant? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't, I honestly couldn't even tell you a song of them right now. I just remember that was like the soundtrack to my anxiety in in high school. Oh my God. Wait, was it uh, the general? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Was that one? Yeah. That was one. I feel like people that were cooler than me in middle school listened to that. I was cooler than you then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Second safety behavior. Okay. Sorry. Keep derailing. Um, Okay. So no, those are my two safety behaviors in the morning. In the Mm -hmm. afternoon, you'll never guess what I would do. Homework? No. No. (laughs) Uh, Talk to boys? No. I would <laughs> she was refuse to actually take the bus home and I would walk home. Um, it was really far and it was freezing because I grew up in Chicago and mm-hmm. I would literally get home and my skin would be like burned, you know, like wind burned. Like, Jeez. And I remember getting home and like my legs were like burning to the touch because they were so cold and I would like have to get into the bath right away. To like warm back up again. Oh my and at goodness. no point during all of this process that I ever think like, oh, maybe your anxiety is keeping you from riding the bus. I was just like, I, I just got mad at my dad for not picking me up. And he was like, I'm at work. Silly. Wow. <laughs> That's so interesting because I have a similar like bus riding slash anxiety <laughs> crossover 
where like when, so when I was going to community college, um, I lived in Seattle and my community college was in Bellevue. Why didn't I just go to community college in Seattle? I don't know. (laughs) But so I had to ride the bus for like an hour and 15 minutes to get there. And every day I would like feel nauseous on the bus and I would be like, oh, I just don't like being here. Like I'd be stressed Mm. out on the bus. And it didn't take me until like probably starting grad school to be like, oh, my God, I was anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Like I wasn't like car sick or, you know, like I wasn't just like not a bus person. Yeah. Like, that's, like, some personality feature. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, a, I'm not a bus I'm person. I'm not a bus person. Um, but it took me, like, years later, and I'd had a car for a while, and then I got on a bus, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, really anxious. Yeah. I was like, yep. oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> been, I was anxious for a really long time, and I just had no idea. <laughs> I was traveling with my husband, and one time he looked at me, and he was like, what is that face you're making? What is wrong with you? And I was like what? That's just my sad subway face. My transportation <laughs> face. It's my don't, it's like, don't talk to me. No one talk to me. Um, turns out in New York, you can't fall back on the just walk home because mm. it's really big. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Not my walk home from school. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a, that'd be a long track. So my avoidance turned into a safety behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. So I couldn't avoid anymore. So I had to come up with my safety behaviors. So currently I have some avoidance and some safety behaviors still. And I use technology <laughs> primarily to, uh, to distract yourself. The anxiety lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of the same way. If we're talking about like uh, anxious forms of transportation, <laughs> I'll take uh, anxious uh, transportation for 500, Alex. Uh, that would be planes for me. Oh, yes. As we're all yeah. aware, I'm sure yeah. I've talked about it here before. I really, I just, flying, for some reason, it emerged in my early 20s, and it's just really hard to fly. Yeah. Um, but me and my partner were actually talking about this, like, in the context of safety behaviors, and he was like, God, what if you just got on a plane without your phone? Oh, gosh, that sounds <laughs> terrible. And I was like, I would die. I would, I would legitimately die. And yeah. then I was like, that's probably what I need to do. <laughs> And then I got really mad at you. Yeah. Personally, I was like, this is what Corey <laughs> would say. Fault. And I hate her. <laughs> um, but yeah, technology is such a crutch. Mm-hmm. Such a crutch. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like, you know, so many people I know, they kind of check out on their mm-hmm. phone. They mm-hmm. just like get on the scroll. They're just cruising on the scroll. And uh, the scroll is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the moment, it feels really mind mindless. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we're absorbing so much. Oh yeah, you know it is not mindless. No, no, it's um, it's kind of a shocking amount of information that we gather when we are supposedly checking out. Yeah, like micro, I feel like it's like micro conscious emotions. Yeah. You know, like below the surface of what we're actually able to like notice in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if I like really stopped on any photo on when I'm scrolling, like I would have so many feelings and opinions and things to say about it. Mm -hmm. And like scrolling, like I'm, I'm experiencing that, but on a much more micro level. Yeah. Um, Oops. (laughs) Just like bashed the, (laughs) the microphone. That's what I get for gesticulating wildly. <laughs> yeah, we can't uh, gesticulate as quite as freely with this setup, but I hope you guys can really appreciate the tone of our voice, maybe is conveying the gesticulation 
appropriately. Or like psychically or picking up yeah. on it. I don't yeah. Know. One or the other. As you do. Uh, uh, continue. Anyway. Um, but yeah. yeah. So these micro feelings that we're feeling mm-hmm. when we're scrolling. Yeah. We're just absorbing so much data, so much stuff that we're not even fully processing and we're really overloading our brains. Mm-hmm. So to think that taking a break on like Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest or whatever, Snapchat, I don't know, all the things that people use. Um, it's not really like a break so much as it is like a turbo download. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, you're at work, you take your five minute break or 10 minute break mm-hmm. or whatever, and you go on Instagram. Yeah. And who, who, it's not really a break. No, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah, me too. I mean, me too. I know because I'm tagging you in memes. <laughs> yeah, there's usually a, a meme or two. <laughs> meme or two tag. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not self care. No, it's not relaxation. And it's I think it's um, it's such an interesting uh, safety behavior or avoidance because we're we're not really like checking out and we think it's like, Oh, like, you know, just a few minutes, but then it's so easy to lose track of time because there's no timer. So, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things that I hear as like safety behaviors or ways to avoid, um, safety behaviors. Like, so YouTube is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, I Mm -hmm. love watching YouTube videos, but that's not usually my go-to. Um, because I'm keenly aware of how much time I'm spending doing it because mm. there's a timer. Sure. And I don't like that because it draws attention to the fact that I'm actively avoiding and <laughs> I would like to avoid that. So, <laughs> and also when I'm watching like YouTube, it's not interactive enough. It doesn't give me something to do with my hands. So mm. I don't use it as much, but a lot of people will find that YouTube is where they kind of go to zone out because they can put it on autoplay and it's just like one after the next, after the next, after the next. And then you're down the rabbit hole and you're like, where did I even start? What am I watching? <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, I've definitely been on the, down the rabbit hole. It usually ends up with like Mariah Carey videos. All I yeah. want <laughs> because it turns out. Sorry. Mariah Carey's <laughs> the best. <laughs> true which is not usually where my musical taste lies so it's kind of <laughs> funny that i start out with like some obscure <laughs> thing <laughs> and end up right back to like a 1991 right video fish is not obscure <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm also like secretly wondering how many fish references i can put into my instagram post before someone catches on oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So what else? (laughs) (laughs) You got distracted by how much you hated that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what the real thing was is that I got distracted by hearing my own voice trying to sing Mariah Carey. (laughs) I've got these headphones on and I can like hear every like every tiny sound. So what else did I say? Oh, I had a thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is it about Mariah Carey or about safety behaviors? I think Mariah. Oh, <laughs> dang it. Um, no, another. Okay. So another thing that helps me understand that technology is not a coping skill is the fact that if I didn't have it, I would be wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you think about like not having your phone with you, mm-hmm. uh, my heart just jumped into my throat. Right. Like, right. 
Oh my gosh. Like, what if somebody contacted me? What if something happened? What if I didn't know where I was going? Oh my gosh. Like I, so I do a lot of like mobile work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm driving around a lot. I had, um, this happened this year where I was at a client's house and I dropped my phone and it broke Mm -hmm. and I was out in the middle, you know, I was like in Hillsboro Yeah. and I'm not too familiar with Hillsboro. And I was like, I got to find an, I have to get a new phone. Like, I don't know how to get around. I don't have a GPS. And like, I was like panicking. Cause I was like, I'm never going to be able to get home. <laughs> and it's like, realistically, like I probably could have found my way home. Yeah. Go to a gas station or, you know, just drive around aimlessly until I see a freeway. And then yeah. I probably have a good idea of how to get where I need to go. But I just like immediately was like, I need to go and get a new phone. Like, that's the only thing that I can do. Did you get a new phone? I did. I got a new phone in Hillsborough that same day. I got this phone right here. That's actually how I got this phone. Mm -hmm. It's uh, three years ago, but (laughs) I um, dropped it on a walk with my dog Mm -hmm. and I had broken, I dropped it so many times it broke the case. So I was caseless and it shattered. And um, when I tried to like use the screen, I cut my finger and I was like, okay, well, I'll go get another one. I was actually thinking about changing phone plans and I had this whole big like, I'm going to redo it, blah, 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 and I'm going to get the... And I panicked (laughs) and drove to the only place I knew how to get to without directions on my phone um, and signed up for, you know, take my money. I don't care. I did not shop around like I told myself I was going to. I panicked. I was like, I can't not have a phone. I don't know. It's too scary. And like, that's what really like sells it to me that... um, Phones are not helping us. Like technology, as much as we love it, mm-hmm. they're not the the thing that's... Sorry, I'm really distracted because <laughs> my cat is like climbing around all the <laughs> podcasting stuff. Um, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're a crutch that yeah. that is addictive. Yeah. You know? So it's really hard to... Knowing this, if your avoidance or your safety behavior is using technology, how hard it is to limit it. So I know this about myself that Instagram and Facebook, m- just mindlessly, I'm not even looking at anything, mm-hmm. is my, my safety behavior. If I have to do something I don't want to do. Um, so I put a, like a timer on mine, but it only counts time like at the end of the day. So at like mm. eight o'clock at night, I'll get a little alert that's like, you've spent too much time on Instagram. And I'm like, where was this earlier? I needed like, <laughs> I needed it to pop up and it was like, you've spent two minutes scrolling on Instagram. Do you really want to scroll more? And I'd be like, no, I don't. I mean, I do, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I have the, um, the screen time thing. Yeah. Put me too. On, uh-huh. But it only tells me if like cumulatively over yes. the course of the day that yeah. it's added up. I yeah. wish it was like per session. Yeah. Like each time I opened the app, it was like, Hey, you've been scrolling for two minutes. Yeah. Like, do you remember anything that you just looked yeah. at? What like, content did you absorb? <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure I just looked at like 12 dog pictures, all of which were beautiful and stunning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Oh my gosh. So another like, uh, Um, avoidance thing that I was thinking about is like technology as being a method of seeking reassurance. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Great. I was like, great. No, great. Great Great topic. Um, Yeah. So how often do you not know something and then you just double check real quick? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't know how to spell this. I'm just going to double check real quick. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I do it all the time. What was that actor in that one movie? Yeah. You've got to check real quick. Check real quick, right? <laughs> so it's great that we have the internet. I've always mm-hmm. said, like, ever since we have uh, the internet, we don't really have to get into arguments, right? Because, like, <laughs> oh. I remember one time in college, we were arguing about something so stupid. And my friend just looked at me and he was like, don't we all have, like, internet to look this <laughs> up? Like, why are we arguing about this? And we, like, Googled it and was like, oh, okay. Uh, now we can have a meaningful conversation and not argue about, like... <laughs> what movie that was (laughs) yeah yeah. but it's a it's a definitely a um a big reassurance seeking so how Mm -hmm. are some ways that you think that people could kind of reassurance seek through the internet oh my gosh i mean i'm thinking for myself like webmd oh yeah you know or just like googling you know like my uh, my left abdomen uh, feels crampy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, am I dying? You know, yeah. like, what's going on? Like, just like, you know, investigating somatic concerns, yep. mm-hmm. investigating like mental health things. Like, oh, like I'm feeling really anxious at the on the bus. Like, what do I do? Yeah, you know, like yeah. trying to get advice, reassurance. Yeah, can you think of any other good ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of people. Um, He'll say like, oh, like I checked um, what's in this. I checked Mm. to see like how it was processed, if they're worried about contamination Mm. or um, concerned about chemicals. There's a lot of like looking into that. Mm -hmm. Um, For school, I've definitely um, heard about people like, you know, I I know what the syllabus said, but I'm just going to double check it real quick. Mm, Um, And of course, everything's online these days Mm -hmm. Um, or like. I'm waiting for something to come in, so I'm just going to check real quick. I'm just going to check it again. I'm like, just going to check real quick. I think I know the answer, but I'm just going to check real quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, think about how many times you say, I'm just going to check real quick. Like, we both just talked about how much we use and rely on GPS. Yeah, like, yeah. today was the first time I drove here without using GPS. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I was like, you know what, Corey? I think you really do know how to get there. You oh. don't need GPS. Man, see, I do the thing where when I'm driving home and it's a little bit trafficy, I like go into ways and look for other routes. You know, I'm like, is there a quicker route? Is there? Let me yeah. just let, let me, me just check, check it real quick. quick. Let me check because it real quick. Because what would happen if you got stuck in traffic? Oh, I'd be bored, and boredom just leads directly to anxiety for yep. me. And then I've <laughs> noticed, like, when I sit in traffic, I'm like, I'll like just like hold my phone gingerly, like knowing I can't actually look at anything, but like just having it in my hand is really reassuring. Oh, interesting. And I've been like, oh, I should put my phone in my trunk. And then I'm like, but, but, but what if I needed it? (laughs) Okay. So maybe we should talk about this too. Like what is it about seeking reassurance that isn't good for anxiety? Yeah. So the thing about reassurance is if you've noticed, um, so, Hey, Emily, Hmm. I've got this thing on my arm. Are you sure it's okay? It looks awful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, Corey. It's okay. It's okay. You're, you're going to be okay. Oh, okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. You're totally fine. Don't worry about it. Oh. Could you take a look again? Because I was just thinking about it. <laughs> so the thing about reassurance is mm-hmm. that it only f- it only works for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and there's varying levels. Like, obviously, we need reassurance from time to time about things. Like, mm-hmm. hey, did I do this right? Yeah, you did. Cool. Thanks. When you start to notice that it's a problem is when it doesn't seem to to last. Mm-hmm. Like no amount of reassurance is really going to be helpful. It's because it's not an information seeking question, right? It's like so, a soothing seeking question. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a good way to kind of tell if you're seeking reassurance or if you're um, actually like 
is is this is this information that I um, don't already know mm. or haven't been told before, right? So sure, um, sure. Yeah, like does this work is not a reassurance seeking question mm-hmm. necessarily. It is when you've done it 20 times and you know that it works, but your anxiety is going, does it? What if? You should just ask again real quick. It makes me think about like um, like a kid who scratches their knee mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, can you kiss it better? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not really doing anything. It's just like reassuring. Yeah. The child is providing like nurturing, soothing yeah. or whatever. Like, hey, do I have a temperature? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you really need to find out? Zilla <laughs> just like whacked Corey's <laughs> microphone into her face. <laughs> um, like, you know, do I have a fever? Like, would it yeah. really change anything if you knew if you had a fever? So, I mean, there's like definitely with little kids, you know, you ne- you do need to offer reassurance on some fronts, right? Mm-hmm. We, ne- we need to, to nurture them and, and let them know that they're okay. Um, if you're you know, you take their temperature and you're like, nope, you're good. Can you check again real quick? (laughs) Can you check her real quick? Real quick? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's when it doesn't seem to fulfill its purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It just sends anxiety back and it it makes it stronger. It makes it harder for you to challenge it. Um, And oftentimes reassurance seeking is so um, like mundane or like, you know, day to day that we don't know that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I found myself, I do it all the time and now I get really annoyed about it. Like people ask me something like really normal and I'll mm-hmm. be like, I'm not giving you reassurance about that. Like, <laughs> Chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so reassurance, avoidance, safety behaviors, all of these things just prevent us from dealing with the anxiety that we experience. Yeah. So they're not, you know, they're helping temporarily Mm -hmm. in the moment, but they are not a long-term method of dealing with anxiety. I, you know, yeah, they're not. And I, I kind of wish they were because then I would just be perfect. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'd be great. Yeah. Like just be great as people. Right. If like using my phone Mm -hmm. just quelled all anxiety and if I just like, hung it like a pendant from my neck, mm. you know? And I was just like, and now I am free of anxiety, like like an amulet, <laughs> right? That would be great, but that's not how it works. Right. We'd kind of be like the people cruising around in Wally. Yeah. You know, like on the little scooters. Yeah. But, Scootin'. you know, they were pretty unaware of the world around them mm-hmm. until their little bubbles got knocked off and then, oh, Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Just thinking about it now. Yeah, such a good movie. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. I'm going to watch it tonight. But yeah, so I think like the main thing that I really want our our audience to, to take away is that um, like anxiety is a very complex beast. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the things that we're told about anxiety, you know, like, oh, take deep breaths, use mm-hmm. a coping skill. Um, Those work really well for stress. Right. If you are stressed out, it takes mm-hmm. it. It works really well to take a break and mm-hmm. read a book or watch a show or you know one of those things. If you are dealing with like chronic anxiety, those things don't work very well. Yeah, like they work, but only for a moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like you're not really facing the fear. Mm-hmm. And like, it gets yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, with the advent of like everything portable, so like now that I can. Not only can I watch like streaming videos constantly, but I can do it from my phone. Like 
Netflix was its own, like, you know, epic avoidance and safety. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) A vessel for avoidance, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's like, I can even do that from my portable device. So (laughs) technology, I think, is really definitely helped with, um, you know, a lot of things. And I would not give it back, like pry this from my cold, dead hands (laughs) as I like pick my phone back up and and hold it again. But it is like legitimately exacerbating anxiety disorders. I mean, I think, I think for sure, I think it definitely can be for, Mm -hmm. for people that tend toward the tech, the technology. I think it definitely can be a source Mm -hmm. of it. I know tons of people who are like, Oh, I know where my phone is. And I'm like, where are those people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both like this whole conversation. Like we're literally like clutching cr- our phones. We're like, is someone going to try it? Is, are the anxiety police going to come in and take away our phones? Like now that we've yeah. figured it out. So it's yeah. definitely not everybody that mm-hmm. has this, you know, that sure. their their safety behaviors or avoidance is, is focused around technology. But I feel like for the people that it is, it's really frustrating because of the way technology is set up, because of the way our phones are set up that we don't know that we're doing it. Right. We don't see it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's a conundrum, right? And Mm -hmm. I think um, the way that I usually help people kind of with it is like finding a healthy balance or like literally behavioral stuff, like set a timer, set a timer on your phone if you're going to go on Instagram. Or like, I mean, sometimes it's just like log off after every time you use it so that Mm -hmm. you have to log back in and you're aware that you're doing it. Oh, I know. That'd be so annoying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or like I've gone so far as to just delete the app. You can get it back. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. I could for like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. I'm super hooked on the Instagram. <laughs> no, you don't say. <laughs> I am too, despite my lack of ability and understanding of how to do it. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good dogs. There. <laughs> 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 that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back from our commercial break. This is Adulting Therapists. We're still adulting and we're still therapists. And we finally figured out how to insert an ad in the middle of the segment. Yeah, so we can get LaCroix to pay us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be the dream. Uh, yeah. Come on, LaCroix. Come okay. on. Okay. So, um, you know, all that we said about technology, um, I'm really curious to hear what people have to say. Yeah. Also, I totally didn't just check Instagram during that break. (laughs) (laughs) But you did, Corey. I know I did. And it made you more anxious. It's true. No, I don't know. No, it did, though, because I then then thought about all the stuff I had to do. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh no, Zilla, stop it. God, my cat is just the worst today. Oh my goodness. Okay. She is trying to eat the cords. I don't know if you guys can even hear that anymore, but there was just a type situation. That was fantastic. Okay, Okay. let's get back to content. The things that you guys really want to hear. <laughs> okay. So so yeah, please reach out to us about the technology stuff because yeah, I am love just to hear your opinions. Um, I know like when me and Corey first started talking about this stuff, I felt pretty targeted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, I'm snorting cause you couldn't see the look she was giving me, <laughs> <laughs> which was what, which just, was like a death glare, <laughs> <laughs> blinding rage basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I'm curious to hear what other people have to say. Um, 
Okay, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, and this is something that um, I feel like, you know, as therapists who are on Instagram, who do a podcast, who show a lot of ourselves to our listeners, to our followers, like about our personal lives and this, that, and the other, I feel like I've had a question come up before with, well, like, aren't therapists not supposed to talk about themselves? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Aren't therapists supposed to be like blank slates? This is me being a blank slate. It's pretty boring. Yeah. So I, you know, there's a great post on Instagram this week from a therapist that I follow, um, Lisa Oliveira Therapy. Oliveira? I'm going to check Instagram real quick. Yeah. Verify my source here. Okay. Um, But she was writing about, um, you know, feminist therapy and some of the ideas that that come with both feminist therapy and being a modern therapist. And I think these are both categories that Corey and I fall into of Mm -hmm. both feminists and super modern. So hip. So modern. Um, But the the historical context for this, I feel like, is really important Um, in that. Who were the, Corey, um, who were the people that invented the field of psychology and therapy? White men. (gasps) (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so so when therapy really became a thing, it was really important for the creators of therapy to remain blank slates, to be these perfect, an image of perfection mm-hmm. for their clients. Um, and the way that people have come to think about this now is that this process was was put into place to maintain a power differential between therapist and client, where the therapist feels all-powerful, benevolent, you know... All-knowing, omniscient. All-knowing, has all the answers, has all the advice. Um, And I think that the, you know, the modern therapist or the the feminist therapist approach is that this hierarchy is a power struggle that... Or power struggle is a power differential that we do not want in the room. No. I'm not all knowing and I don't want to portray that to my clients because Mm -hmm. that's a lie. (laughs) Right. You know, and I think it sets up this really um, unfair perception of like, oh, you, you know, you have it all together and like I could just be like free from emotions because that person is. And it's like nobody's free from emotions. We're human. Right. Right. And I also, I mean, I think it's really important in like using a social justice lens to understand that, um, yes, there's there's inherently a power differential in the room and we work to try as best as possible to reduce that, to be aware of it, to talk about it when necessary, not to amplify it mm-hmm. for our own benefit. <laughs> sure. And like, I know both of us really feel, um, you know, um, from like a relational standpoint, Mm -hmm. you know, most of our clients come in with relationship difficulties, right? Like whether it be, you know, your anxiety Mm -hmm. is impacting your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, you're struggling at work. You're not sure how to communicate with your boss, you know, like among many other possibilities, but you know, creating an inauthentic relationship in the room where one person has more power, how is that helping our clients uh, solve relation relationship challenges in real life? I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I really think about the relationship that happens in the therapy room as being, 
like a model for what's really going on in the the client's life. Mm-hmm. Like if um, if I have a client who comes in and they make me feel uncomfortable, right? Like yeah. if if they say things that I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's important stuff to talk about because mm-hmm. that is probably how they're being perceived in other relationships. Yeah, um, and I think that by being a blank slate, by being you know, I, I am not responsive. I am flat and affect. I am, mm-hmm, and, you know, tell me more, tell me more. I don't think that that gives clients as much as what they get from being like, hey, hold on a second. Like, let me tell you something yeah. about how what you just said made me feel and then, like, connecting it to social justice or this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that there's more to be gained in therapy from having a real authentic connection. Yeah, I think that... In this day and age, especially, we have such dynamic ways of communicating. Like, you know, I know we were just talking about like Instagram and, and stuff, but like it's true. We, we have live videos all the time where people are talking about things and interacting with their followers and YouTube and blogs and podcasts. And like there are so many ways to talk about things and express things that it makes sense that we need to update how therapy goes for how we communicate in this world. Right. Like. When I go to talk to somebody, I'm not wanting, like, a wall. I want feedback. I want mm-hmm. humor. I want compassion. I want, like, all of these these parts of communication. And, I mean, I think the big thing is, like, you don't want your therapist talking more than you. <laughs> <laughs> like, being a modern therapist and, and sharing and having this more authentic relationship doesn't mean, like, oh, let me tell you about my day. And like, yeah, I, you know, I'm sad about this too because blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not about you. It's about reflecting that that's a human emotion. It's a valid emotion or how Mm -hmm. you experience those things to be able to help then your client be able to sort through Mm -hmm. where they're at with that. And even like like injecting personality into these, these responses, right? Like, um, client comes in, uh, they say, man, I've had such a rough day. You know, I'm having really bad anxiety. Both me and Corey are going to respond to that differently. Yeah. You know, based on the relationship with the client, on our personalities, this, that, and the other. I think that's really important. I think it's important that not all therapists are the same. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think you and I would probably necessarily see the same therapist, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're looking for slightly different things. Cause we talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. I was like, uh, I kind of want someone to just like hold me. <laughs> and I'm like, I want a therapist. that's like, cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> stop Which is it. It's funny. Cause that's like how I am as a therapist. It's like, yeah, you're gonna have to stop that now. <laughs> but what I want is different. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, if someone walks in and says, I'm feeling really anxious. It's going to really depend on my relationship with them, what I respond mm-hmm. with. It could be like, yeah, dude, totally. Cause you just did this, this and that like mm-hmm. Avi or <laughs> like, hmm, tell me more what's going on. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And the, like the language that we use too yeah. is so different from, you know, one client to the next. Like I have some clients who like, come in like fling themselves down on the couch and are like hey girl so like and they like you know they want someone that they can talk to like Mm -hmm. with the same comfort that they might talk to a peer yeah that doesn't mean that I might be saying the same things that their peer would be saying (laughs) but like I I really value that people show up in different ways and I can respond in ways that are what they need 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's really just meeting the client where they're at, which is a big tenet of of therapy that we definitely, you know, learned in in the the basics of therapies. Meet your client where they're at, and and all of that, and um, you know, the kind of the humanistic approach of like really just genuinely caring about your client as a person. But I think that to care about someone as a person means more than just being a complete blank slate, mm-hmm. and kind of to like get back to what you, the, the post that you had looked at and were talking about was just how that's related to like feminist theory and being like a socially just therapist and using Mm -hmm. that lens. Um, I mean like your clients are just walking different paths, right? Like people need different things. They've had different experiences in their life and you know, some people are not looking for like that blank slate approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, connecting to feminism and social justice and all these things. Like I remember when we were first or when I was first in grad school, we took like an ethics course. And I remember one of the things that my professor said was, uh, you know, like if you have a difference of opinion mm-hmm. when it comes to like a you know social justice issue or something like that, like you shouldn't say anything about it. Like you shouldn't. Um, make your political beliefs known. Hmm. And I feel differently. I feel really differently than (laughs) that. I mean, I put on my website, like I am a feminist. I am socially just, I believe in racial equality, Mm -hmm. black lives matter. Like all of these things are really, really important to me. And I don't think it's appropriate for, for therapists to not put that out there. I think one of the things that we have been talking a lot about lately, and I think the post that you had originally mentioned talks about, is that in our in our time that we live in, there's just not it's not appropriate for us to to stay quiet about these things, to stay quiet about how sexism, misogyny, um, racism, Islamophobia everything impacts our clients in the worlds that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that fear that is present, um, is real Mm -hmm. and that it impacts mental health. Right. Like how could I possibly validate, um, someone who's, who's transphobic one hour. If someone's saying like, Mm -hmm. I hate trans people, you know, whatever. Yeah. How could I validate that experience in the therapy room and then have my next client come in and say, Hey, I'm trans. Yeah. You know, these are the things that I experienced. Like that would not sit well for me. It's not authentic. And I think that definitely like there's a way to meet, you know, the first client in question and help them to understand where their, you know, maybe where their fear hatred is coming from and, and kind of like educate as well as support and on their journey. And it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. like you have to believe this because I believe this, but um, I think it's, kind of our our duty and what we owe to our clients and our world is to kind of take those feelings of like why is there hatred there Mm -hmm. I don't understand why there is help me understand where the hatred is and I can help you maybe sort it out Mm -hmm. and maybe uh it belongs somewhere else perhaps yeah (laughs) like I feel like you know towing that line of being tolerant and not tolerating it. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. if a client comes in and is being openly, actively racist, homophobic, whatever, to be questioning, you know, Mm -hmm. to to tolerate it in that, like, 
you're going to be here in the room and I'm still yeah. going to continue talking to you because that's my job. But also to be like, hey, man, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, why would you say that? Or like, what what made you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Or what what how did you get that? Yeah. How did you get there? But um, I think to say that like, oh, no, like that's just, you know, we just have a difference of opinion. Like, no, we can have a difference of opinion on LaCroix. <laughs> like there are plenty of things that are like difference of opinion worthy, but like that aren't like human rights <laughs> issues. Yeah. When it comes to things that um, really impact mental health, well-being that are proven like systemic oppression and um, injustice, like that's not a difference of opinion. That's something much deeper that I think does have room to be explored in a therapy hour. Sure. And, um, you know, again, part of that, like, I'm not a blank slate is that you're going to see it on my face. I'm not that good at hiding (laughs) how I feel. (laughs) And so, like, if someone says something and I'm like, say what now? Like, I'm going to have a face on and it's, you know, it's there. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's there. I know that they saw me make a, you know, a face. Like, you have to address it, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you might have seen that my eye just twitched when you said that. I'm having a little hard, like, a bit of a hard time understanding where that came from yeah could you help me understand like you know like it just walks in the door Mm -hmm. you know it's not something that we can ignore yeah and I think like you know my perception of therapy and therapy through history you know would be that it would be really inappropriate to list list your political beliefs Mm -hmm. or religious beliefs or whatever on your your website or, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about that openly or even talk about that with, with clients. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not the world we live in anymore. And like clients come in and they'll like, I have people come in for consults and they're like, Hey, who did you vote for in the last election? Like, this is important to me for me to trust you. Yeah. You know, like I need to know that, you know, like if I'm an LGBTQ person that you're voting to protect me, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I'm, you know, I feel like when I was first in grad school, my response would be, oh, why is that important to you? Yeah. Like, you know, oh, well, who did you vote for? Like the things that we're taught to like evade personal questions. And I'm just like, you know, I think you deserve to know. I think like when it's a a matter of human rights and public safety that. Well, because it's not just who did you vote for? I want to know like things. It's who did you vote for? Am I safe here? Yeah. Because that's where we're at right now, mm-hmm. you know, and I think to ignore that that's what that question is asking. Like, yeah, maybe um, 10 years ago, that question would have been more like, oh, why do you want to know that? Right now, we really can't ignore what that question means. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and to be really, you know, blunt about it. Like, um, I know that uh, Therapy Den is a um, uh, a therapist registry Um that is brand new, kind of still being rolled out, that lets you kind of filter by some of these things so that you don't mm-hmm. even have to ask. Like, there's a filter for, like, finding a vegan therapist. I know. Isn't that crazy? I'm so excited. Because that's something that, like, as a vegan and as a therapist, I, mm-hmm. I'm i like, yeah, I want to know, like, do you have some of these same beliefs as me? Or am mm-hmm. I, is my, like, um, like, concerns about these things not going to be validated because right like it's just a very specific thing that Mm -hmm. like I don't really want to spend time like trying to help someone understand why I have like (laughs) sadness (laughs) about that (laughs) you know like 
Yeah, or like the the specific nuances of negotiating relationships, family relationships exactly. based on that worldview. Right. Um, I like, feel like there's definitely a lot that would have to be explained. Yeah, you know, like um what yeah, like <laughs> that's loaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot that goes along with that. Sure. And so same with um I, you know, I work in Vancouver and so there's a lot of requests for like I would like a, a Christian therapist. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important that when people have a preference and they know what their preference is and they want that, that to be something that's a part of their therapy, that they're able to, to just label it and put it out there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and if that's what, you know, someone's looking for and that's something that is really, really important to them in the therapy process, like for me to say, you know what, that's not me. I'd be happy to help you find someone that does lean that way. And it doesn't mean like, I don't agree with your beliefs. It doesn't or, mean you're intolerant. No, it just means yeah. like, oh, well, if that's something that's really important to you that you don't want to have to explain to somebody else that's not necessarily going to understand mm-hmm. that um, or doesn't have experience working with that in the therapy room, like, that makes sense. <laughs> For sure. So these are questions that, like, you know, I remember um, in grad school a lot of questions like, um, do you have kids was a big one. And it was mm. like, you should always just say, well, why do you want to know? And I'm always just like, no. <laughs> how old, I get how old are you a yeah, lot. I get how old are you a lot. I usually tell people because usually when they're asking, it means that they think I'm like 22. Yeah. And then I'm like, no. I usually only ask like, how old do you think I am to kids? Because I want to hear their answer. And yeah. so she's like, you're 16. Or 60. Or 60. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in between. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a kid once who was like, I know how old you are. And I was like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, I figured it out. It's like, oh, how old am I? It's like, probably 65. <laughs> and I was like, dang it, kid. Dang I hope it. you're going to say like, just a spry 18. Yeah. You no. Know? <laughs> no. But what's really funny is when I like think that that's going to be like a humorous thing and then they like nail it and they're like, you're probably like 31. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Dang it. That's quite astute. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do look 31. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And yeah, definitely interested to hear other people's perspectives on the therapy profession, like what they want out of therapists. Like, um, yeah. And I feel like I do want to comment too that, you know, what we're talking about being a modern therapist, like keeping our personality in the room. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't mean that we're going in and we're going like, Oh my God. So like this happened to me and blah, 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 you know, like using that space to talk about ourselves. Like that's not what I'm talking about. And that would be a power differential. That would be an abuse of power. Right. 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 But maybe like, you know, sharing anecdotes that might relate to a a client's story Mm -hmm. or sharing common interests, Mm -hmm. you know, like if my client's like, I've been playing Red Dead every day for a week, I'd be like, yeah, me too. Oh my God. Have you done this part or, you know, whatever. Um, but it means, you know, like that we're really connecting yeah. with people. Yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely like talked to clients about music before. I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. my, you know, I love that song. I really enjoyed that. What do you like about it? And it's a way to connect, but it's not like, let me tell you about all my other favorite songs and take up a half an hour talking about that because that's not <laughs> appropriate. It's not, helpful. It's not <laughs> you like know. helping the client. No. Or like, you know, if a client's like, um, struggling to to explain or understand like their anxiety or feelings of mm-hmm. depression i might be like oh does it maybe feel like this yeah or do you like do you experience this mm-hmm. you know like drawing 
you know, yeah. things that I understand just from my own experience or experiences with other people. Yeah. I might like relate it. Like when I've experienced that, I felt it like this way. Mm-hmm. Is that similar or different? And I've usually found that like, if it's different, it gives them a jumping off base of going, no, that's not right. But it helps me clarify like, oh, but it's more this way. Right. right. It's like information seeking, but yeah. just not necessarily through a blank slate perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We were more like fuzzy bubble wrap. <laughs> not a blank slate. Not a blank slate. Yeah. Fuzzy bu- bubble wrap. I like, like that. Soft, but also mm-hmm. spunky. <laughs> Poppable. Poppable. <laughs> like a zit. No, uh, uh, <laughs> that was okay. another topic. On yeah. that, let's segue. On that, let's segue <laughs> into... We are talking about a, a listener question that you had. Yeah, or, or not necessarily a listener question, but kind of a, a listener topic. Okay. Um, that actually came up in the therapy room this week um, with a listener who was also a client. And you have permission to share and this. And I have permission to share this. Um, but we were talking about self-care and in specific, like when we feel like we really need to force ourselves into doing yeah. self-care. And how it's kind of like a, can be like a guilt trip or like a, yeah, like I, if I don't go do this big thing of self-care, I'm not doing self-care. Right. And I just, you know, I felt like it was such an important thing to share that like self-care should not involve like bullying or mm. shame mm-hmm. or guilt on on ourselves. Yeah. You know, if we know that working out's going to make us feel better and we're just not up for it, then it's not self-care. Yeah. You know, like you, we might feel better mm-hmm. if we went and did it. But yeah. if we're like bullying, peer pressuring, you know, internal peer, <laughs> internal family systems, peer yeah. pressuring <laughs> ourselves into doing something like we're not truly feeling that as like a positive thing that we're doing for ourselves. So I have an example. Last night I went to yoga Mm -hmm. and I was like driving there parking and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then I was like, no, I mean, I do. I just like didn't really want to do it. But Mm -hmm. like I knew that if I did it, I would feel better. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely had times where I've pulled up and been like, yeah, I don't actually want to do this. I'm going to go home. Like, I want to be in my sweatpants is mm-hmm. what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't guilt yourself into doing stuff. If you just need your sweatpants, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Sweatpants are self-care. And we we're even talking about, like, kind of like micro self-care. Like, yeah. oh, you can't go out for a run. How about you just, like, listen to a song and kind of dance around? Your yeah. Room? Or, like, stretch a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, don't don't force yourself to go 100% into something if you're, like, Ugh, like I'm depressed. I don't want to get up. Just do a little thing. I think it's definitely really important as well as, you know, kind of drawing in from our previous topic about um, social justice is that we Mm -hmm. often get this idea that like self-care means these big things like going to the gym or going to a workout class or getting a massage or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, self-care doesn't have to be expensive. Like Mm -mm. you could have a cup of tea. Yeah. You could read a book, you know, read a chapter. Give yourself a foot massage. (laughs) Yeah. Paint your nails. Like... Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that can take a short amount of time, don't mm-hmm. cost anything, or just even like, you know, smelling something that you like for like a second, you know, that yeah. can be self-care. Eating a meal. Yeah. Taking your meds. Yeah. You know, things that you're already doing. If you mm-hmm. phrase it in that, like, wait, I'm doing this to take care of myself. I'm just going to like sit in this moment for a second and really think about it and acknowledge what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like LaCroix can be self-care. Right. Hydration. You're taking care of yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be. Oh, Corey looks very cared for now. 
I cared for myself with a nice sip of LaCroix. You have to say, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't have to be this big theatrical production of self-care. Like you can just do, you can do your dishes, you know? That's not self-care, man. I mean. Is it for you, Emily? Self-care is very individualized. Let's yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's self I feel like if it's something that it's like building up and I know I have to do it eventually, it would probably feel good to do yeah. a dish or two. Even if it's not the whole pile, if it's just like one or two, like, okay, I'm just doing this for myself so I don't have to do it later. You know? Yeah. Like maybe even like paying a bill could be self-care. You're stretching it, but I, I hear you. <laughs> you know, anything that decreases that stress, like you're yeah. taking care of yourself. Like if you're worried about your bill or whatever, I don't know. We're all different. Yeah. We ha- don't, don't, don't you, don't you self-care shame me. I'm not self-care shaming you. I'm just <laughs> judging you. <laughs> whatever. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> no, but again, it's a, you're allowed to have difference of opinions on your self-care, mm-hmm. right? I, a lot of people would not choose LaCroix for self-care because mm-hmm. they think it tastes like a dissolved Skittle. <laughs> and I think it tastes like a gloriously dissolved Skittle. <laughs> Speaking of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so we are recording this on Thursday, January 31st, 2019. Today is the last official day of Dry Jan. Dry Jan. Dry Jan. Hashtag Dredgen. Um, And let me tell you guys, I am so excited to go out tomorrow night, have one glass of wine, wake up with a hangover tomorrow, and start Dry Feb. I'm rolling right into Dry Feb. Which is amazing. I So first of all, when you were like, I'm doing Dry January, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. <laughs> and then I was like, fine, I'll do it. And now I'm like, can I be dry forever? Like, I <laughs> like it. I mean, I, I miss the taste of beer. I went out to lunch the other day with um, my mom and I was like, you know, a beer would be really good right now. And then I didn't have one and I had another uh, vice. I had a Diet Coke. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's a whole backstory. I used to drink a lot more Diet Coke. Oh my God. So I don't Me anymore. Too, but I also do now. Um, so anyway, I was, yeah, I was like, it's not the worst thing in the world to to not be drinking and it's not like you know it'll last forever but I kind of like to see how long you go yeah keep it up keep it up it feels pretty good to like wake mm-hmm. up in the morning feeling good mm-hmm. I just miss like a glass of cold white wine that's yeah. all I want I don't want any I, I could drink nothing else and just drink that like once every other week every three weeks I don't know yeah um but, uh, you know, with like a baguette. Oh, yeah. Just eat the whole baguette, finish it off with a nice a sip. Sounds <laughs> delicious. <laughs> yeah. So really, yeah. you just want like baguette with like <laughs> a side, a side, a of, side of, of wine. <laughs> um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I just ate like I was just eating bread earlier. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's probably like, what I'll have for dinner. I was like, do I want to put anything on this? No. No. I'm just going to eat the just bread. Just a la carte. Yeah. Just straight <laughs> bread. I had whole bowl for lunch. So <gasps> I had whole bowl yesterday. Oh. Hashtag whole bowl. Please Hashtag sponsor me. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> I bet I bet the whole bowl girl would let us do it. Dude. She probably yes. wouldn't pay us. Maybe she'd give us a free. I, I will free work for bowl. free whole bowl. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> 
Uh, did I tell you? So me and Corey and one of our dear friends used to go to Whole Bowl a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time I still go pretty frequently because it's like right around where I'm going and I'll drop in by myself. And like every time she's like, oh, my gosh, where are your friends? <laughs> I was like, it's been like a year. <laughs> they left me. Don't you know? <laughs> we all work in different jobs now. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Whole Bowl will always be there. It will. And they'll always remember us as a, as a triad, even though it's been so long. And a little furry companion to boot. Yeah. Sponsor us, Whole Bowl. Yeah. Whole Bowl. LaCroix. Get up in here. Whole Bowl. It's good content, guys. It's all the same thing. <laughs> Whole Bowl. You don't need to make decisions. <laughs> Is that why we like it so much? Probably. It's just really easy. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, this has been such a blast. Let us know what you guys think. Um, if you are as equally peeved about me talking about uh, avoidance and safety behaviors as Emily is. Whoa. Um, <laughs> let if, us know if you hate feminist therapists. <laughs> <laughs> um, let us know what you guys do for self-care. And mm-hmm. if uh, how if and how you completed dry January, if you didn't. Um and if you have like a hookup at LaCroix and want to, you know, help them sponsor us. Yeah, let us know. And uh, <laughs> just as a, a disclaimer, none of this is therapy. We oh, are yeah. therapists. We are not your therapists. Yeah. If, Ditto. If we were, you would have to pay us. Yeah. <laughs> but you could do that if you, you want could. to. Yeah. Our time is very valuable, but we are quite experienced. True. True. All right. Well, um, talk to you all later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Adulting Therapists. To learn more about us, you can find Emily at sprouttherapypdx.com or on Instagram at sprouttherapypdx. And you can find Corey at coreyansoncounseling.com. See you for your next session.